You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. And we're live with episode 105 of Push the Point. Thank you guys so much for being here. Presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League updates, player storylines, news, and more. Uh, we've got a pretty fun show tonight for you guys. I'm your host, Rand. He's reminding you guys to always follow us on Twitter at PushPointPOD. Leave us an email at pushthepoint at gmail.com. And Leave us your review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to stuff or even on, on SoundCloud as well. It really helps us out. We'd like to know what you guys think of the show, things that we can improve, make stuff better. Um, we are halfway, even more than halfway, I think, through the June joust, the June journeyment. Uh, and there's no one I would rather be covering it than with covering it with <laughs> then my co-host Lobosco. Lobo, how are you doing this evening? Apparently yawning a little bit, but I'm good. Um some good games this weekend we we had um we've been having a lot of blowouts um with the the hero pool put in but i think teams are slowly starting to figure some things out and i thought we had a some better games this week than last week so uh the the meta is sort of settling in though so it'll be uh fun to talk about this week and then talk about the games that are going to be happening next week for sure it is a little interesting that the, we've started to kind of get a better hold on the meta, um, starting to be able to understand what we're going to see. You and I were talking about this earlier. After this next week, we are halfway through the regular season, pretty much, of Overwatch League. Yeah, it's, um, it's weird to think about. Um, it doesn't feel like it's been that long already, but we're, we're kind of going pretty quickly through this season. For sure, for sure. So we're going to start off with our two highlight games before we get into the news this week. First up, um, a battle between, I think, two of at least two of the major APAC teams. Uh, we're going to talk about the Shanghai Dragons versus the Seoul Dynasty. Seoul Dynasty versus the Shanghai Dragons. Seoul took an easy point one on Lijang Tower, but were unable to keep their hold on the Dragons as Shanghai's DPS took over the rest of the map. Lip and Fleta smothered the dynasty with a double hitscan attack from Soldier 76 and McCree, and easily recovered points 2 and 3 to take the map win. Dorado saw the dynasty stick to the same composition which featured the strange lineup of Gesture on Roadhog and Marvell on Zarya Sigma. Again, the Dragon's DPS consistently silenced Soul's damage dealers. But it was Void's triple kill off of a D.Va remake that was the play of the map. Shanghai stopped the dynasty after first point and easily matched their cart progress to take map two. Anubis fared a little better for Seoul. After a slow start, they completed their attack run due to some overextensions from the Dragon's support duo. Prophet and company finally seemed to shift into the driver's seat, with his Echo and Reaper playing a big role in pulling out the win. On defense, the dynasty held Shanghai to an overtime finish and were easily able to cap a third point to finally get on the board. Eichenwald saw Shanghai return to form with an absolutely dominant performance for both Fleta and Lip. After being caught out for the entire match, Jester finally made the switch off Roadhog, though it didn't seem to be much help. 
The dragons bullied Soul through a speedy attack run and snuffed out their reverse sweep dreams with a full hold on point one. All right, Elobo. I think after a little bit of like a, I don't know if I would say weaker, after a slow start in like week one of like the main melee, Shanghai has looked pretty unstoppable so far. Um, you can give that credit to whether it's, I, I you can put part of this win on the fact that Soul liked to play a freaking weird comp the whole time, but Shanghai looks like they haven't lost any steps since May Melee. It seems like they've, um, this meta is something that kind of favors them a little bit. Uh, you, you think about what's one of the, the main compositions we're seeing when we're on some of the maps has been Reaper Echo or Echo Reaper is one of the things that we're seeing, at least in NA. But we're also seeing hit scan kind of be more important again. And I think if you look at Fleta and Lip as a combo, if Fleta gets to play the Echo, which Fleta does, he's super good. And then Lip is just continuing to have a strong performance after strong performance and and has to be in the conversation for MVP. For sure. It's watching them play this week. For one, correct me if I'm wrong, did we get to know who are you played in the other game, I think? Um, yeah, it's, it was a little weird. I, you expected that soul was going to look pretty good in this meta. You get to see them play the double shield with the Sigma and the Orisa. And then you get to see, I mean, Fleta, no, sorry. Prophet and Echo feels like a pair that should be really great. Um, as far as hero to player, although we know that was a little bit rough last year. It soul just looked weird. This game, you we saw them play a ton of like Zarya Roadhog and then Roadhog Sigma for a while. I, I think profit on the Reaper too. I think you just have sort of the benefit of like Fate is actually a really good um, Arisa, and Arisa can be used on a lot of the maps that we saw them play against Soul. Um, Ash is super viable when you don't have the Tracer and the Sombra there to sort of pin her down or to really give her a tough time. So the Ash becomes a lot more valuable on a lot of these maps. And then you flat is the Fleta has a skin for echo because he was the MVP last year. Mm-hmm. That, that is the hero that, that will in a large part won him that. So you get him to basically not play it the entire time, but play it throughout a lot of the maps. It's hard to think that he's not going to be able to play really well. So mm-hmm. I, I just think everything else sort of falls into line too, right? Like Izaki, much better on the Anna. Anna's getting a lot of playing time right now. Lee Jagon can play on the, we know how good Lee Jagon is on the Mercy. Like Anna Mercy has been seeing a lot of time too by teams. So yeah, it's just one of those things where it sort of falls into the lap of what Shanghai wants to do. And that's because they can kind of pretty much do anything anyways. That's just why they were the team that won, you know, sure. They didn't win the main melee, but they were in second place for a reason. Yeah. I think the main play that people are going to talk about, well, I want to talk about, um, souls comp in a second, but I really love (laughs) if we need any more reasons for why the diva remake, like I guess deadliness or killability (laughs) is ridiculous. Um, void getting a three K off of a diva remake on Dorado was hilarious and also kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know if you got to see that play, but he like he's in like the corner of point one, like between like the gate and like the little like run of buildings. And he remakes and he hits, I think, both tanks and a mercy and gets all three of them. 
On which map? On Dorado. Like, people have been talking about how the, the Diva remake is almost a better Doomfist alt because you can do it off of a ledge. <laughs> They're not wrong, I guess. Oh, man. That's that's kind of sad to think about it that way, especially too. I mean, it is an ultimate technically, so mm-hmm. I guess it should have a little bit more power than what it had before. Yeah, you would think, but like, I don't know if two fifty is the right. Two fifty is not the it right. Seems call a little high. It shouldn't be able to one shot. Um, you know, the majority we, of DPS. We were talking about last week, right? Where if like where Paris Eternal were joking about how like we're gonna send Elevo just to run up to people and then Diva re- and then Mercy boost him and Diva remake on top of people, right? So he gets <laughs> so the like, extra damage from the Mercy. But bo- I didn't even think about the fact that you literally can have Mercy boost, um damage on top of that that's that's kind of goofy to think about it really is like it, it's definitely way too much uh i'm sure we'll see some rebalancing come here for that pretty soon it definitely should do some damage though right like mm-hmm. you you're getting a gigantic freaking mech to drop on you so I, i'm not against it doing damage like significant damage just maybe not one shotting people now what do you think about souls comp because i mean we saw like fits on the Ash a lot, which he's played a lot. It makes sense. Uh, profit on the Reaper and then the Echo also makes sense. I just I don't understand why we're running why we're running gesture on the Roadhog right now. Well, this is what got them to the championship last year. This sort of composition, right? Like this mm-hmm. style of comp. So it makes sense that they would try something that worked really well for them that took them very far in the playoffs. With the opportunity to play a similar style of composition again. I, I don't think it's bad. Like the, the other game they played this week, they looked really good with it. And that was against New York Excelsior, who was, who was a team that people were like seeing on this trend of getting on the up and up. And obviously that's not the case. They they didn't have a good week this week. So I, I think that part of it is more of um, this is what they they were going to try. Now, mm-hmm. the, the question for me is how do they adjust after the in-game action? And you see, you know what? You know, Shanghai is the team to beat in this region, still is. How do we overcome this, this obstacle? And I don't know if their composition... Th- this is where coaching comes into play, right? Because it's like, okay, was it because you, you were playing an inferior comp? Which I think is kind of the case, because teams seem to have figured out that like the Echo, without the Tracer, without the Sombra especially without the Sombra to sort of, you know, be that the hacking, um, the ability to hack it and really put a wrench in things for the echo and, and have to make the echo sort of play more. Um, the echo is able to play a lot more aggressive, right? So I, I think that they're, they're going to maybe start to either have to try and do what everyone else is doing, or they really got to figure out how they make this comp work of theirs. Alrighty, Lobo. And then I think it's time we move on to our other highlight game of the week. We talked about it last week. I'm super excited to get into it. The San Francisco Shock versus the Dallas Fuel. The Dallas Fuel versus the San Francisco Shock. The Dallas Fuel and San Francisco Shock finished the second week with a bang in one of the best series of the June Joust qualifiers. Busan would be the first map in the tightly contested series with both teams taking a point apiece. Mecha Base would be the deciding point for the first map. A back and forth affair saw both teams trading control of the point. 
a well-placed self-destruct from Choyobin pushed the Dallas fuel off the point and sealed the map for the shock, giving them an important lead in the series. Map 2 would be the most lopsided of the five maps. A DPS substitution of Glister for Striker showed the power of his hitscan DPS in the current meta. An impressive and uncontested position saw Glister dominate on Widowmaker for most of the map and give the Shock a 2-0 lead. The Dallas Fuel would not make it easy on the Shock. Temple of Anubis would be a prize fight with both teams trading haymakers in the form of Diva self-destructs, with neither team fighting an edge and forcing map 4. An answer on the scoreboard would come from Fuel on Eichenwald, where excellent team play and coordination would give the Fuel their only map win of the series, 3-1, and forcing the fifth map. The Fuel could not force a sixth map, however, as Shock would seal their victory by scoring another control point win. Like Busan, Ilios saw both teams trade points in a tightly contested map with the decider being Lighthouse. Another back-and-forth battle would ensure that with multiple ultimates available, the fuel looked to be in a position to force a map 6. However, the shock would draw out the advantage from the fuel and coordinate well off another Choyobin self-destruct to reclaim control and win the match. It's a sad day for the boys in blue. Alrighty, and... <laughs> We're going to say it a couple different times. Um, it is hilarious to me how Glister had like a couple bad maps in their first game. And then all of a sudden, like Glister. He had all of a sudden one people bad act map. Like, one. People act, like, people act like we're getting like a Rocky Balboa comeback story out of Glister. <laughs> when this guy was literally one of the best hit scans in the world last year. One bad map. And everybody's like, oh, does Glister have it anymore? I don't know, man. Like he got owned by Aspire on Junkertown. Yeah, because there was no pressure on Aspire. It's funny how the Hollywood map where they're both playing Ash, Glister forces Aspire off of Ash, right? Mm -hmm. Glister, Glister forces him onto McCree. He had one bad, one bad map and didn't have the same sort of um um his team didn't insulate him on Junkertown the way that Toronto did for for Aspire on that map. So mm -hmm. I, I think people overreacted to one map. Because he looked, he only played in one map against Dallas, but they dominated on that map. So mm -hmm. I know like the other thing we were looking at with this game was that this was supposed to be like the big test of can Dallas hang without Tracer and without Sombra in there. And it was super close. This game went like the distance. Um, but it did seem like at certain points that not like not like hugely but it did seem like there were points where they really need that hit scan presence against a long range hit scan well, like glister in specific maps they need the hit scan dorado is a prime example of that glister's able to sit back with no pressure because the dive has no potential to get to him sitting on the high ground on first point or sitting on the high ground for second point like there's no way to get to glister without taking a ton of damage before getting there right so mm -hmm. so on a map like Dorado specifically is where you miss having hit scan DPS especially. But I think the bigger problem throughout this was Dallas had problems finishing out some of these maps where it looked like they had a good chance of being able to win. 
Um, Control in particular has been one of their best type map types. And San Francisco beat them both times on on what were two of the most pivotal maps. Sure, it was a two to one, but there was there was potential for Dallas to win both of those maps. So that's one of those things that that they're going to look at for Dallas and be like, we kind of screwed up in these sort of situations. But I think San Francisco overall has showed, hey, we're here to play. We are still one of the best teams in the world, and they seem to have at least gotten a little bit better synergistically with their newer players. I mean, they've got a lot of a lot of new guys that they're working in, Nero in particular and FD God. FD God had some really good plays in this game. I think overall, like Dallas might not be happy that they lost this game, but they were still competitive and that's I think the most important part for Dallas. We did not see Violet make a return to the hit scan uh this entire week as well. Well, I think that Glister, you go. They, they, well, they 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 finally were like, okay, we're just gonna rely on the guy who specifically does this. Mm-hmm. But we did see Violet and Twilight, which I think is maybe the more important thing. Yeah, getting to get those guys together on double flex support, where you probably have two of the top five in the world on one team, is just not fair in a lot of spots. Exactly. And they were able to win some maps doing that, too. They lost a map with it as well on Eichenwald. But I think Eichenwald is one of those maps that played really well into what Dallas likes to do as a team. This is the other part, too. Like, I I think San Francisco needs to be a little bit happy with the the map pool that they saw. Because, like, Temple of Anubis, really close. I I think Temple of Anubis is a map where Dallas wants that back because they should have won. Um, that's a map that they should have won, making it a two-two game going into um, Ilios instead of two uh, two one. So I think that in particular will be a map of contention for Dallas. But the other thing too is like they can't have a Dorado. They can't. Mm-hmm. You cannot, especially against a team like San Francisco, basically give them a map for free. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Anything else before we head off into this week's news? No, I'm. I think. Uh, I hope that San Francisco and Dallas end up on opposite sides of the bracket for the June joust, as far as the the NA qualifiers. Because mm-hmm. I really do think there's potential for both of these teams to maybe qualify, especially if Dallas can get Pine worked in. Um, and and when they get to choose maps for Dallas in particular, that'll be a big difference maker too. For sure, for sure. We're going to go down into this week's news. Uh, only two week, only two news stories this week. Um, both uh, player signings, actually. Number one, well, there, this one deserves some context. Uh, Toronto Defiant um, put out a statement earlier this week that they had a couple people within the organization. Let me read it. We want to thank all of our fans for support. Wait, so we want for their support and well wishes. The health and safety of our players and staff have always been a main priority. We have three positive COVID-19 cases within our defiant organization. We have been in touch with Toronto public health and we are following their instructions and recommendations, direct and indirect contacts in our organization have been tested and in some cases retested. We will update our community once we receive more definitive information. Thank you for your patience and support. And then uh, I don't know if that was, this or before or after uh logics actually put out a statement that he was that he had recently been to the ER and that he was having um trouble breathing some low oxygen levels. I don't remember if we if it was 100% confirmed that he actually had like covid, but we know that he was dealing with some sort of major sickness. So 
Toronto brought in uh, another player actually on a temporary basis to kind of cover that long range hit scan role. Um, and that player is aspire. He's a hit scan player from contenders. Um, most recently on American tornado, but, um, he spent all of the last year with, um, not all last year. He spent a bunch of this of time this year with Dark Mode North America. Um, he's played mostly though with Revival. Revival is the main team he's been on. Um, and for a guy's first week, he came in and popped off. They didn't Toronto didn't win either of their games, but he had a very he looked very very good in a lot of spaces. He did what he was supposed to, right? Like he he mm-hmm. played his role well. Um, I I do think that there were times that he struggled and I think that people focused too much on, Oh man, look at him out dueling in a widow V widow versus glister. And they win the map. Like I think that people focus too much on that map and, mm-hmm. and things like that, where it's like, okay, there's more than one map type. There's more than one hero. There's more than one thing that needs to be good. And I'm not, I'm not saying that aspire didn't play well on those other heroes. I'm saying though, he still got beat on, like the Ash on Hollywood, for instance, against San Francisco and a pivotal map that matters. So for a guy coming in as a rookie, awesome first showing, but there's still a lot of room to grow for him. And I think that's the really cool part about it is that he is able to compete with some of these guys who are considered some of the best hit scan players in the league and still put up a good fight. So I'm really curious to see how he grows and matures and what this ends up being, if, if this does end up being temporary or if his performances show enough for Toronto where they're like, you know what, we're going to keep this kid around and see what he can turn into. Yeah, he's in on a 30 day contract right now. They made it clear that he'll be ju- joining them for the June joust and we'll see what happens long term. Um, we'll see if they keep him around long term. I hope so, because he definitely looked he looks pretty good for sure. Yeah, he definitely did. And, and that's the thing. So. I think that if you are a Toronto fan, that's really nice, but the there's bigger fish to fry, I think, for Toronto where where they still gotta figure out why why is it that there's those there's that just that next tier that they s- can't quite seem to be able to compete with yet. Mm-hmm. Uh the other new piece of news that we saw this week, uh, it had been rumored for about a week prior. Um the Vancouver Titans announced that they for one, that Shredlock who is their uh, main shred lock or shred locked um their previous main tank uh, who'd been with them for last season and a little bit of this season that he was going to be retiring going to be moving on to other stuff uh, and then they announced that Changsik or Changsik would be uh, their new main tank Changsik is a guy who's been around the contender scene a little bit uh most i think most notably with uh Fusion University a little bit of a time ago um before that so that was in 2018 to 2019 before that um spent time in uh in apex with uh rhinos gaming wings meta athena team kongdu uncia or team kdp and i'm sorry probably not apex a little bit of apex um some overwatch contenders with kdp so he's been around a little bit but it once contenders fusion once fusion university shut down kind of in 2019 or once he wasn't on that roster, we haven't seen him for a while. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, it's it's unfortunate, um, but at the same time, they're kind of in a rough spot right now for Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, it was it was a pretty rough weekend for Vancouver this weekend. So 
I yeah. I don't know what the correct answers are or are for Vancouver, but it, it it sucks. Shredlock's somebody who's been around for a long time, so it does suck to see him go. Yeah. Um, from what his statement put out, it sounded like he was going to take some time to do some sightseeing in Canada, um, hang out for a little bit, and then head back home afterwards. So, wishing him the best in whatever he does next. He's 19. I mean, honestly, he's pro. I think he said, I think school was something that was mentioned yeah, in I his think tweet. So, so I, 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 I it, it's one of those things where you kind of feel bad because his, his statement, it says, you know, sorry. That's, that's the, the twit longer, like the, the part of the tweet that's posted with it. And it's like, man, like, it's not really your fault. You know, like mm-hmm. you're nine, he's a 19 year old kid. Uh, it takes a lot to grow into it and there's, they're, they're not winning. It, it's not going to be easy on anybody. And yeah, he sure, will be, he sure. will be going to school though. That's what he said. And that's good for him. I mean, you can probably get a college to scholarship on uh, playing Overwatch. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's maybe something he ends up doing. Like if I were in his shoes, I wouldn't want to pay for college. Let me get it go for free. Sure, for sure. All righty, Lobo, ready to move into this week's games. Let's do it. Okay. So starting on Friday, so a lot more 3-0 and 3-1 games this week. Well, I guess yeah. more of the same. But um, going through a couple more games felt competitive. London's not the first one, though. Uh, Dallas Fuel 3-0 over London Spitfire. Dallas looked really uh, good in this game, too. Dallas looks awesome in this game. LA Gladiators 3-0 over Vancouver Titans. Uh, you got to give a little bit of credit. Um, Teru uh, looks oh great. Teru looks all right on the Genji. We did see some Genji this week, which was kind of funny. Um, a lot. I think Echo was pretty much the mainstay for everybody else, though. Um, they 3-0. Kevster seems to be like the Echo guy for the Gladiators, which I think is different than last year. I, I feel like Mirror played Echo for them before. Which is fine. Whoever's your best Echo, um, you just need somebody to play that that at a replacement level or better for the gladiators, because you know, you're getting better than that on whatever bird rings playing. Mm-hmm. And then Shanghai dragons three O over the LA Valiant. Um, New York Excelsior fall three, one to the soul dynasty. It's a little bit of a bummer. New York, like had that spout where they looked really good against fusion. And then like, they just haven't been able to, They've looked all right since then. Like it hasn't been enough to like get over the hump for a couple wins. I think they're they're a very young team, and they are not quite to the level of teams like Seoul or Shanghai. I, I think that's just what it is. They caught they caught a flat footed Philadelphia, which I think is really good for them and good for their growth. But you need more you need more performances like what they had against Philly. But I also think Philly maybe didn't fully have things figured out for how they wanted to play in this meta. So I think this week teams like we didn't see a lot of deviation this week, right? Like we saw Mm -hmm. sort of specific compositions get played depending on the map you were on. For sure. For sure. Looking on other games this week, Houston outlaws three O over London Spitfire London fight back a little bit on, I think both Anubis or even Dorado, but just it doesn't matter. Houston still is able just to lock down that 3-0 win. San Francisco Shock 3-1 over Toronto Defiant. 
Uh, this is the game we talked about before with Aspire looking pretty good on it. Um, Toronto still looks okay. They like they fought a little bit, but like I think this is more just about San Francisco looking back in form finally again. And this is the this is like it, with how people were talking about Aspire after this game, you would have thought Toronto won. That's yeah. what drives me crazy. Toronto lost. Toronto lost this game. Aspire had a very good map that they won. But then how did he have on the other maps? He didn't do as well. You know, he, he outperformed Glister. Glister, I think, on Junkertown again, he didn't have the same sort of help that you saw coming through for Aspire. Aspire was, had a lot of room to work with. And I think that's something that, that San Francisco will adjust if they ever have to play on this map again. But Striker, Striker was super good when he came in. Him and Nero have made a very good combo, and that's what most of their maps were. But then Glister comes into Hollywood and gets his revenge against Aspire. Like, I think that should be should have been more the story about this game is that the fact that Glister was able to come back from a terrible map that he had, like on Junkertown to play so well on Hollywood. I think that's that's the story that should have been a little bit more talked about here than anything else, because he did have a very good last map. So did the rest of San Francisco and Toronto. It feels like they're just missing something that that's kind of what it feels like right now. Mm hmm. And then going on to Atlanta Rain versus LA Gladiators. Gladiators take the win three to one. Uh, Atlanta look, they look decent in some spots. Pelican is still looking awesome, but LA, I think, is still just like Atlanta still is trying, like, just still does not have it yet. They get a full hold on Volskaya, which you love to see, but like, I, I don't know where to put it with Atlanta because it can't. The DPS have looked pretty good so far. I hesitate to lay like more blame like everyone does at like Gator and Hawk. I'm trying like I just don't really know what needs to be fixed here besides possibly coaching stuff. Well, it just it's weird because it's like, you know, on one map, it'll be Kai and Pelican who are the heroes on another map. It'll be Gator and Hawk that are the heroes. And then on another map, it'll be like, OK, Masa and Iris are playing super well. It, they don't ever seem to to fully all get together all at once. And and maybe that's something you blame on coaching. You know, I, I don't know what else you can really blame it on because they 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 clearly have the talent and the ability to compete with these top teams like they do compete with the gladiators on most of these maps. Busan was not an easy win for the gladiators. Mm -hmm. um, Rialto was not easy for the gladiators. The I mean, Volskaya, they, they full hold super impressive map. And you're like, whoa, is this the start of the comeback? And then they get three two on um, Nambani. So it th this this is Atlanta. It hasn't changed every year. It's the same thing. Atlanta's the enigma, and they are sort of the gatekeepers of those top teams because mm -hmm. like they they have a great bounce get back game in three zero the Vancouver Titans, but like that game felt like a Vancouver's Titans team that was like um, I'm trying to think of how to describe them because. They there was uh, there was a game that happened, but it was not really a game. It was rough. It was very, very rough game. So, you know, Atlanta is able to stop a team like that, but then can't beat a team like the Gladiators who did play well in this game. I, I don't think there should be any credit taken away from the Gladiators. I think Kevster Birdring is definitely the sort of answer they've been sort of looking for or that DPS to, to play alongside of Birdring. Kevster seems to be that answer. 
Yeah. And then getting into the last of APAC, New York Excelsior 3-0 over the LA Valiant. Shanghai Dragons 3-1 over Seoul Dynasty. We talked about that earlier. Uh, Houston Outlaws 3-1 Toronto Defiant. Toronto takes control. Well, they take the control map at the beginning. And again, I don't think I'll ever stop. I immediately start sweating. Like, oh no, it's happening. It's finally happening. We're finally getting exposed. And then... Houston shuts them out on three straight maps after that on Rialto on Volskaya and on Umbani Toronto doesn't get a single point. Yeah, it was, I, I was, um, I was really surprised that I was more surprised how Houston played on Lijang because I think that was a very winnable map for them. Yeah, they had one point and they just made a couple of mistakes. And in control, that could cost you a map. Uh, just ask the Dallas Fuel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had a couple of different mistakes that cost points for 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 Dallas in that one. So they they are able to to come back strong. And you know, Dante and Happy. I think Happy is is one of those players who him moving from one team to another is really showing his value and why he was so important on the charge and why he's better than people gave him credit for for when he was on that team well because like we would talk about like it was like commonly understood like oh yeah happy's good but like we never like would gush about happy like we do now the charge was always that team though too right like the charge were somehow always the team last year that was ever under everybody's radar playing well they win a tournament nobody still was talking about them for some reason now mm-hmm. at the end of the day they ended up the 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 underestimation of them ended up working out because they didn't really make a splash in playoffs that people thought maybe they could. They had a really rough go towards the end of the season. They they weren't able to hold it together, but there was a lot of reasons possibly for that too. But, but I think that maybe overshadowed things like why happy was such a good player and stuff like that. And I think Jangu and, uh, and piggy have continued to impress as a tank duo. And now dreamer coming in to sort of be that guy who can, and, help play in some of those other areas where maybe Django isn't as good. I, I'm really curious to see how that continues to grow. Uh, we get to see more Jake on the escort maps uh, playing. He's still in the mercy. I know that they have him in in case they want to run the brig, but we see him in the mercy still. Um, Dante has looked incredible on the echo this weekend. Um, like and for my money, he looks like a cut above. I think pretty much everybody except for like maybe two or three people in the league. He they they also um are seem to be maybe a little bit more committed to to having a mercy with Talking their echo. So so th- they're really sort of not completely relying on it, but but they definitely seem to be a team more committed to running those mercy compositions than some of the other teams, which I don't think is bad at all. Like like they, it's not like they did it on every single map, right? But mm-hmm. I do think that that having that that pocket definitely helps on some maps like Rialto in particular. I don't think they used it as much on Volskaya and some of the other maps, but Dante doesn't necessarily need the pocket. I do think he is one of the best echoes in the league. It's just the one thing we need. Do it. Th- do it in the playoffs, too. We can only hope. I know, I know people. We've seen Dreamer, I think, come in. We've established that Dreamer is going to be your guy for control, but also specifically like for your Winston and for your Wrecking Ball. Uh, Jongu seems to have the Arisa, like locked down. It's still weird, though, right? Because like 
when Jangu came into the league, I think we were we thought that like the Winston was like the main hero he played, and that like John uh, Reinhardt would be the one you'd have to learn. I think that's what people thought. I don't know why, um, but he's been a very good Reinhardt. But he is playing. It's not like he's only playing. I think Jangu has played some Winston though too. Like, I don't think he's been completely not on it. I think it's just. If there's a map where it's more Winston dominant, you're going to want to play Dreamer. For sure, for sure. Um, looking on to the rest of this week's games, Atlanta Reign, 3-0, Vancouver Titans, really easy. And then, like we talked about, Dallas Fuel, San Francisco Shock. San Francisco wins that game 3-1. Um, that Vancouver and... Um, that Vancouver-Atlanta uh, game, though, like... Vancouver really felt like a broken team during that game. Mm-hmm. They really did. It, it was very, I really, it was really sad to see that they were having such a rough time. They didn't get a single point in either in all three maps. It, it was, it's really tough because like Linkser is getting some kills and stuff and, and doing everything he can. And then it's just not enough. Like they're just getting dominated. Like Kai is going off. Like Kai is, Kai is being overly aggressive and like ends up going down, but still is able to get rezzed up. Yeah. It, He's it like WM wanting like while McCree, like just straight into them, like yeah. a, bunch, a bunch of the time. Yeah. It, and it was, it was super rough because like Vancouver had no answer at all. And like, even when they would get the kill on him, they couldn't stop the res. It, it was, it was just a, such a combination of things that I was really, really feeling bad for the Vancouver boys in that one. Mm hmm. Well, lucky for I don't think is that all four they made other June joust games? I think it is. <laughs> for their sake, I hope so, because that it's been no, rough for them. They get two more. Oh boy. Alrighty, time to go into next week's games, Labosco. Um starting off with the Boston Uprising versus the Paris Eternal. And the oh, so we're starting on Thursday, if I mistake. Um like we did for knockouts last week so we're gonna start with normal games on thursday and friday Ooh, this is interesting you can buy tickets for the um apac games yeah i think these are actual land games yeah those are the hangzhou future SciTech city academic exchange center and then sundays are gonna be knockout so games will go on as usual um just a day earlier so thursday through saturday and then knockouts will happen all through Sunday. So starting on Thursday at noon, Boston Uprising versus Paris Eternal. Dallas Fuel versus Florida Mayhem. Going to APAC, we have Guangzhou Charge versus the Philadelphia Fusion. Chengdu Hunters versus the Seoul Dynasty. Uh, LA Valiant versus the Hangzhou Spark. And then back to NA on Friday at noon. Boston Uprising versus the LA Gladiators. Oh, poor Vancouver. Um, they have an awful schedule this week. Vancouver yeah. versus the San Francisco Shock. LA, sorry, um, Florida Mayhem versus the Washington Justice. Um, Saturday at 2 a.m. PST. Valiant versus Fusion. Guangzhou Charge versus Seoul Dynasty. Hangzhou Spark versus Chengdu Hunters. And then your last games on Saturday before we go into the knockout round is Paris Eternal versus LA Gladiators. Vancouver Titans versus Dallas Fuel and San Francisco Shock versus the Washington Justice. 
looking at this, I mean, the first game that stands out to me is Florida Mayhem versus Dallas Fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is going to determine a playoff spot potentially. Because all, Dallas Fuel Mayhem are both one and one. Dallas, you you can pencil in their win against Vancouver at this point. Um, I re- remember, I said pencil in, not ink, right? Mm-hmm. Anything can happen, but but still, you pencil in that win. And then for the Florida Mayhem, the other game that they have is against Washington. So for Dallas, you want to win because you want to control your old destiny, right? You, you three one, you're in. It doesn't matter. They can't stop you from getting in. Yeah. Um, you 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 make it in. It's just about where what's your position. So unless we have like I think there's like some crazy scenario where maybe we have a bunch of three and one teams, but that's like really really almost impossible. <laughs> so three and one, you control your own destiny. So for Dallas and Florida, winning that game of a, of utmost importance. Um. Washington can play spoiler here, though, if they are able to beat Florida in their game. But like, like just looking at these first couple, even Paris Eternal Boston is interesting and can determine somebody being in or out as well. I didn't even think about that. So mm-hmm. there, there's a couple of games that, that I think we can look at this week. But but just these first two, I think they might be the two most important for like clearing up the playoff picture a lot here right off the beginning. Definitely. I, I I don't think any of the Friday North America games are really going to move the needle anywhere. Um, uh, Boston, L.A., that one matters. Like, you can't forget oh, no, Boston is 2-0 right now. Well, I'm even wondering, do we get the Boston spoiling L.A. thing like happens every year? But is it? it's not Boston spoiling L.A. It's Boston being a playoff team if they win that. Because then they're mm-hmm. 3-0. So again, like we've got a lot of important games pretty early on, like San Francisco, Shock, Vancouver, Pencil and Va- San Francisco. I almost said Vancouver. Oh, my God. Um, Florida, Miami, Washington. We already talked about that one, but um, that's just looking at the NA games, right? Like I, I <laughs> poor, poor Valiant, man. They've got they got to play the Spark and they've got to play Philadelphia. I I've, uh, that. I'll be very surprised if we get a valiant win in either of those games. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying. Unfortunately, the website doesn't have it listed by like tournament. Unfortunately, with the how the like standings based by tournament would be really fun. Well, um, you, you can go to Liquipedia and you can look there, right? So like the only team that for sure has clinched a spot according to Liquipedia is Shanghai. Um, I think Atlanta and Houston technically both have, even though it doesn't say that they have. So those two, I think, are at least in the playoffs where they are seeded, I think, is what's different. So, yes, the things are a little bit interesting right now, though, for for the East, because you've got the charge of the dynasty and the hunters all one and one. And New York, two and two, they can fall out. And then the spark sparks, the only team two and oh, that that maybe they win one more game there. When you look at their schedule too, Spark is playing LA, so they get their one win that they'll be in playoffs at the very least. Yeah. They get they'll get one, if not two wins, with the win over Chengdu. 
And then, um, but Chengdu is not a guarantee. No, if if they win over Chengdu, I'm like looking here. I do we expect Guangzhou to hold on to the spot at number four? They can. I, the biggest question for the charge is, um, what are they going to do against Philadelphia, and what are they going to do against Seoul? Like, do they have the answers for those two teams? This is the this is the 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 truly the the week where they're going to be tested. They had a little bit of an easier time the the previous week. Hmm. But they can. I, I think that it's possible. I do think this was a roster that I was pretty high on when I saw what it was. Same thing with the Sparks. So those are both two teams that that I'm really going to be paying attention to see what they can do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at it, end of the day, who do you think are our top two teams going for North America? Um. Since we have to do, since knockout's going to whittle it down to two teams at the end of the weekend anyway. I think it's going to be San Francisco and, and Houston. I mean, are they the two that I think will make it through? I don't know. Um, what, what, how does Dallas adapt this next week? Like, what can they improve upon? Do they get pine? Like, there's a lot of question marks for Dallas right now. So that's why I think San Francisco with how well they handled Dallas, even against compositions that Dallas uh, seemed to be a little bit more practice on, they were able to handle them. That's why I think San Francisco this week, this tournament is going to have a much better showing. And I think Houston learned from, from May. I think that they really have. Sure, they lost one game, uh, but that was literally the first week of the tournament. I think that they've adjusted and they know what they want to do compositionally. Mm-hmm. I think those are the top two. and then. I think it might be the gladiators next because Dallas, again, I just don't know where they are. And it's weird to think that Washington is now Oh two this month. It's also funny too, that like Atlanta has the number one spot technically for now. I don't feel for now. I don't feel confident in that team at all. I feel like that team go, if they go up against anybody like San Francisco, like, I mean, they did beat Houston, but like if they go up against San Francisco, yeah, but San Francisco, San Francisco probably jumps them though, right? Because San Francisco, no, I agree. They've got to play Washington and Vancouver this week. Um, Washington, so they're three and zero. Whether or not the Justice return to form is, is I guess the bigger thing because like Washington, they've got to win both their games to have a chance, right? Otherwise, that they're not in. But they have to beat Florida and they have to beat San Francisco. So this is why your your week one performance, like at least going one and one, is so important. Because now you have less less pressure on you because you only need to get those, you know, obviously two a week helps two and two. You have a very good chance of getting in. But if you get three and one, three and one, you're in. So get one and then you only need to win two more. Looking at APAC, who do we think goes in along with Shanghai? Well, Shanghai has a spot, has the number one spot in the knockout locked in. No, not I, not the number one spot. Uh, they have a spot. They they are yes, they have a spot locked in. Who are we feeling for APAC? Because I feel like it's e- I think Shanghai is the easy pred, but like aside from like maybe the Spark, I'm not super high on any of these teams currently. Well, the Spark get to play Chengdu, and then they get to play the Valiant. So I think that's another one that you lock in. Like you can kind of lock the Spark in. I don't think mm-hmm. they'll go four and zero. Uh, but I can see them going three and one. Uh, I think Chengdu might be able to beat them. 
Chengdu is sort of the wild card here, right? Like, where's the Chengdu from May? Are we going to get more of that, or, or are they going to struggle a little bit more? Mm-hmm. The other team, the other two teams, it's funny because I would have thought Philadelphia would be in a better position than they are now. I really would have. Yeah. There, this, I, I think that the East has the chance to have more craziness happen than North America. I think North America, you're kind of already solidified for some of those top teams. So I, I think the East is going to be the more um, wild region to wa- and more interesting one to watch this weekend for the most part. Although there are some really good matchups that we've got in the West. All righty. I think that's going to be it for this week's coverage of Bosco. Anything else you want to touch on? No, it's it's shaken up to be a very good tournament. I I. I like that we we have the hero pools to at least kind of change things up. Like, I think we're still seeing the the biggest shock to me is that teams like Washington and Philadelphia, I think, are the two teams up until this point who have been sort of a disappointment because you would have thought that some of the stuff that that's in this meta would play into their teams. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, I think it's going to be a very good look and and I. <laughs> There's so many possibilities as of right now, and that's, I think, the most exciting part about this is we, we named a couple of teams that we're kind of certain on, but it's only kind of. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I like, like we've been saying all offseason, like level of competition has gotten a little bit higher for sure. Now, it's hard. It, it makes it that much harder to really like feel 100% confident on one team really running the bracket either way. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't think it's very like cut and dry like May wasn't cut and dry, but I think this week this month might be even closer. I, I kind of feel bad for some of our bottom teams, though, like London, London with the coaching change. Um, that was a little bit of a rough start. Uh, and, and the Valiants, like you'll see some flashes here and there, but they still weren't able to win a map this week. So. Those two teams in particular, I kind of wish we could have seen those two teams play each other uh, at some point to see who really is the worst team in the league, Mm -hmm. because it would have I think that would actually be a good match. And that gets rough, man. I think London looked like slightly better this week than they have in past weeks, but like not by like not by enough to write home about. I think they looked better in May, but I'm just saying like shy is. Or sorry, not shy. Uh, Crystal, Crystal's pretty good. Milan Rand's pretty good. Like, like you see, like the flashes from a couple of these guys, and you're like, okay, there actually is a little bit of something here. There is not a lot, but there's a little bit. So, all right, Lobo. I think that's gonna be it for this week's episode of Push the Point. Thanks so much for everybody hanging out online in the Twitch chat, or if you're listening. Excuse me. If you're listening on your podcast platform of choice, we appreciate it. As always, if you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is to leave a review on the show and to share the show with other people. Uh, we really enjoy knowing what you guys like about the show, what we can work on. Um, plus, it it helps the show. It helps make it easier for people to find the show on iTunes or Spotify or whatever have you. Um, if you want to help the network directly for Mash Those Buttons, what can you do, Lobo? Uh, you can go to discord or sorry, patreon.com slash match those buttons a little as a dollar a month and you will get access to Patreon exclusive content. So 
really really cool stuff there um also game night is what two weeks away it should be on the 12th yeah yeah so uh, saturday may 12th so that that would be i think two uh so not this coming weekend but the weekend after so yeah mm-hmm. two weeks away um be sure to get into the the discord so that way you can keep up to date on that but also keep up to date on all the shows here so discord.me slash mashless buttons where you do that keep up to date on the podcast as well on twitter at pushpoint pod you know we always tweet out when when we're going live and stuff for for each week you can watch us come you know play some rank and do we we won one game right yeah we won one we won we won one and one today we won, one, yeah, we won one and one today. So, you know, come watch us do that or email us, push the point at gmail.com if you've got some sort of long form thing that you want to send to us. And uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you want to get in contact with Labosco, what's the best place? At Labosco is where you can do that on Twitter. I tweet a bunch of stupid stuff there. Um, I don't know. This. <laughs> I, a lot of anime stuff, that's for sure, and whatever else. Well, a lot of anime stuff and a lot of uh, Chicago White Sox stuff lately. <laughs> yeah, the White Sox are good. Like I've got, and they're fun to watch. They're so fun, even though they have a lame coach. They're fun. They're fun. They they are fun. They are energetic. They they make baseball fun. They're more of what baseball needs. So. Cool, cool. You can find me on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore of W for all of my stuff. And I think that's going to be it for episode 105 of Push the Point. Thanks again so much for tuning in. We'll see you soon. And as always, just a reminder to stay safe, take care of yourself, and we'll see you next week as we wrap up the, I guess, play-in games, the knockouts, everything for the June Joust, the June tournament. We'll see you soon. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.